preach without a Bible. You got to have a Bible. All right. So, but if you could stand, please. Uh, let's turn your Bibles to First Thessalonians chapter two, verse ten, eleven, and twelve. We're going to look at uh, a little subject this morning about a father's motivation. You know, it's interesting that. Mothers get honored and fathers get chewed on, on, <laughs> on Father's Day, especially in churches, you know, out there to should be better fathers. Well, I think it goes both ways, right? Better fathers and better moms. Uh, but anyway, uh, I try, I'm going to try to be encouragement to the fathers this morning. And those who are not fathers or too young to be a father say, oh, let me listen to that so I can learn how to be a godly father. But there's something to say about fatherhood. I remember about things that my father did. I had the privilege of leading my father to the Lord Jesus Christ and have him as my savior. I mean, have him, I mean, I'm sorry. I had the privilege of leading my father to the Lord Jesus Christ in the hospital when he was dying of cancer. And uh, uh, children are dismissed. And let's go to Philip, I mean, First uh, Thessalonians and chapter 2. Thank you. Um, let's get there. Let's see what it says. Uh, verse 10, it says, And ye, uh, and ye are witness, and God also, how holily and justly and unblamely we behave ourselves among you that believe. As ye know, how we exhort and comfort and charge every one of you, as a father doeth his children, that ye walk worthy of God, who had called you into his kingdom and glory. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord Father, for this special day that we have in America as we celebrate fatherhood. Lord, I am a father as myself, Lord, and we have many room to improve in our fatherhood. Help, Lord, help us, Lord, to be the fathers we need to be to our children, no matter if they're young or old, if they're married and gone out of the home, Lord, we should be that example to our children. I pray, Father, bless the service in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, this morning we celebrate a very important day in America. It is Father's Day. So it's a day on which we celebrate fatherhood. So how many fathers do we have here this morning? Good. We have a good amount of fathers this morning. So I'm not going to teach you anything that you don't know, right? The mother gets the flowers. The mother gets a good lunch, gets a lot of presents, and the father gets a tie. Or oh, a pair of socks. <laughs> or oh, the father goes and does the cookout. Right? He gets the whole thing, the whole cookout. Or oh, everybody goes to the restaurant and gets, gets he pays for it. The father. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. But anyway, in many ways it's true. So. We all know that Father's Day is not as important as Mother's You can search this thing, folks. Believe me. Father's Day is not as important as Mother's Day. I'm talking about in the giving section. Uh, Mother's Day restaurants are packed to the door. Uh, you can't even get a place. You have to have a certain hour. You have to call two weeks in advance for uh, a reservation. But Father's Day is just an easier one. Uh, why is that? Is a mother less important than a father? Does a, a child need mom and dad? Of course. I feel bad there's many, many moms who are mom and dad at the same time, and many fathers who are father and mom at the same time. 
There are many homes like that out there. But today we're not going to dispute between one and the other. We're going to talk about fatherhood. So this morning, we're not going to beat on dads, but encourage dads to be fathers that they, the way God calls them to be. So I remember taking, talking, uh, uh, talking with a good friend once about a different uh, mother, uh, Mother's Day sermon and a Father's Day sermon. What's the difference between one and the other? This person made the observation, and why moms tend to receive lots of encouragement, honor, and, and warm, fuzzy uh, uh, words, a father's usually chewed up by the pastor, <laughs> how they should be better fathers. And uh, in some ways, a good, it's true. In some other ways, you know, there's some guys that are doing a good job with their fatherhood. So fathers do get treated different than mothers, right down to the gifts they receive. Right, Joseph? <laughs> so mothers just receive a tie, like I said. They don't receive, you know, you don't just don't give the mom a tie, right? You don't give mom a pair of socks. You give mom something nice. I remember when we were kids. Listen, you, you might, they might say like this, where the planet do you grow up? Uh, I'll tell you how I grew up. All right. We had one pair, I had a pair of pants or shorts because I live in the, in the tropics, pair of shorts for the week. All right, a pair of pants for Sunday. So we didn't have any shoes. You know, uh, we all barefooted. <laughs> and it was the shoes for the day. And the Sunday shoes had holes in the bottom. And when it rained, like, your feet would get soaking wet. But that's the way I grew up, you know. I'm not ashamed to say that because everybody else was the same, you know. So we thought we were rich. You know, we had food on the table and all that. But when Mother's Day came about, or Father's Day, we didn't go to the store or anything. So we, we make those little cards. You know, no cards. We used to go get those papers, you know, like the papers you use at school, you know, notebooks. And we just decorate those things and make little flowers and little things and stuff. Uh, mom, Dad, I love you. you know, that was, you know, and mom, my, everyone, I remember my mom and dad always had a smile, you know, about that. You know, I had a smile, but that's what we could give. Me and my sisters, we all got together and, and got our little crayons out, and that's what we did. And then there came the watercolors, and then uh, we tried to get uh, the markers. Markers don't work good. Uh, so we did the watercolors and we did the crayons. And I had to be careful with my little sister because she would chew the crayons like it was a snack. You know, so we had to be careful with her. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so we honor, the, like I said, we chew, have a, a tendency to chew the fathers. So in, in, a, in that spirit, I want to begin by honoring fathers. It is an honoring place to be, an honor place to be a father. After all, the fifth commandment says, honor thy father and Mother, are both included. So dads, we salute you today, and we acknowledge all that you have done for your family or for your kids. We recognize that you work hard, and many times, you know, people don't appreciate you, but you work hard, and you try to provide for your family. You know, it's, it's, it's true in some homes. It's not true in some other homes. So there are important as aspects of fatherhood. You know, there are people, there are men, who don't deserve to be called fathers. I'll be honest with you. There are men who don't deserve to be called fathers. You know, a father is somebody that not just make a child, but somebody that is there for the life of that child. You know, there or around that child to make sure I have that, I give you the emotional support. I give you, I'm here. I want you to know that I am your parent. Okay? I want you to understand that. So, because we think like, you know, oh, I, oh I'm a father. Yeah, where's your kid? Oh, I don't see him in 15 years. 
You call yourself a father? So, it must be uh, uh, the nature of the beast we try to beat on fathers. But in the, this morning, like I said, I want to encourage you as a father. So, now here is the, in verse 10 and 12, Paul describes the qualities of a good, godly father. Just as with mothers, Paul shares this description the way of an analogy right here. He's sharing now how he, he and his friends minister to the Thessalonica church. And he says, look, it says in verse 11, As ye know that we exhort and comfort and charge every one of you. And look what it says, as a father do with his children. And so we minister to you. We treat you the way that a father treats his children. So he's thinking about a godly father here. So, that we would walk, look what it says, that ye told them that you would walk worthy of God who had called you into his kingdom and glory. And so, we, here we find in God's word a, a description of a, a divine blueprint of what a father should be. So, once again, it is not the whole story here, but God gives us here three essential qualities of a good father. You can see many other passages through the Bible. So, a godly father is one who encourages, comforts, and urges children to live worthy of God. Listen, a father is to be a pillar of faith, an example of faith. Well, my children are walking with the Lord. I didn't ask if your children are walking with the Lord. I ask you. You be that example. Because they're going that way, doing all kinds of things. And where's Father? Still serving God. Still worshiping the Lord. Still going to God's house. That will touch them. So, if we were to sum up three qualities of us in a single word, I would choose the word Motivation. I believe a father's special role in a home is that of motivation. It is the contrast of verse 7 where Paul describes his ministry to the Thessalonica of mothering. He says, but we are gentle among you, like a mother is, uh, even a nurse cherish her children. So I would sum up uh, the mother's special role is to nurture the children. Generally speaking, I believe God has given mothers a nurturing spirit and the father a motivation role. Now, that's not the way that mothers don't, uh, I don't say that mothers don't motivate their children. Some mothers are very motivated, and they can motivate their children. Uh, but I'm saying in a general sense, mothers have their, they have their nurturing spirit, and fathers have their more than motivation spirit. And some fathers are very gentle with their children. So single moms and dads have to do it all. And I applaud you if you are a single mom or a single dad. For you uh, work hard fulfilling the, the, the intent that God didn't, didn't give to you, but you do a dual role. It's not easy to be mom and dad in the same time. It's not easy to be father and mother in the same time. So, But when it comes down to, to what we, uh, we naturally do best, I believe mothers have a God-given gift of, for nature that fathers have. Uh, fathers don't have, and, but fathers have a gift of motivation. So I know, at least in our, uh, in many families, this is the way it happened. But for, for an example, it happened that in my family. When I was raising my kids, because they were growing up, kid come up, he scratches his knee, come and cry, and tears coming down. Hey, look. And, and, and uh, usually the father goes like this. What happened? Why are you crying? And you look at the boo-boo in the knees. How would you stop? You know, it's just not, you know, it's not that bad. As a father, a mother comes, 
Oh, sweetheart, what happened to you? Oh, come here. Kisses. Come here. Let's take care of this. We have to call the rescue and everything, you know. They get the little treatments and the band-aids and kisses. And before knowing, the kid will come with an ice cream and a lollipop, and everything is wonderful. And the guy outside is going to scratch his head. like, what in the world? It's just a scratch. But you see the motivation? The mother is more nurturing to the child. The father is more, just get up, scratch it out, let's go. That's, more, <laughs> that's a rough motivation there. But it's the truth, isn't it? I worked with my father for many years in his business. I'll tell you what. If I scratch myself, hurt myself, you look at me and goes, I didn't see anything. Keep going. <laughs> I was my dad. I come home with the bruising stuff, and my mom goes, oh, what happened? Oh, poor kid. Oh, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't go to work tomorrow. Am I then on the other side? Yeah, right. <laughs> Listen to me. Kids look for their moms for nurturing. And they look to their dads for motivation. A kid is jumping outside doing something. He goes, hey, dad, come see this. Right? Hey, dad, get over here. I remember we had a trampoline in the backyard. It comes with my kid. Hey, dad, come on, watch me do the flip over there. And, and I'm going, hey, dad, jump in. I'm like, oh, I don't want to jump in. I got a bad back. Before you know, you out there doing the jump too. <laughs> Go ask mom to do that. Mom goes, mm-hmm. I ain't going in there. I sit here and they're like, how are you doing it? such a good job? And the father goes, that's not that good. Motivation. You try to motivate your children. Paul focused on the motivation here in rule uh, in this First Thessalonians two when he talks about fathering, fathers encouraging and comforting and urging their children to live lives worthy of God. So let's look at each of these three qualities here uh, of of fatherhood here in this passage. Number one, if you already outlined there, father be a motivator. Be a motivator. This chart is, let me give you this chart. If you don't have one, you need to write this down, okay? All right, so you become a father, right? You have a newborn baby, all right? From newborn to two years old, you know what you are, fathers? You are a caregiver, okay? They need you 24-7, right? Change diapers, feed, change diapers, feed, go to sleep, lose Lose nights, I mean, you don't sleep at night because a uh, little Johnny is crying or a little Mary is crying. But anyway, from 2 to 12 years old, you are a teacher. You're not a caregiver anymore. You are a teacher. You know, the 2-year-old goes and stick their finger in a, in a light thing somewhere or put a wire in and you go, I oh, don't do that. You're teaching your child. That's crit- critical years. You were a caregiver. Now you are a teacher, 12 years old. All right? From 12 to 18, you're not a teacher anymore. You are a coach. Follow that? You're coaching your children. They're going to high school. They graduate. You're a coach. You coach them to live right, to do right, because you already teach them. You add from 2 to 12 to teach them. Now you open the door, and then you coach them. And then from 18 until the rest of their lives, you are, guess what, the counselor. When they need a word, dad, you got to be there. When they need a word, dad, you got to be there. He said, but I don't know everything. And when you don't know, you tell your children, your children dad, I'm going to pray about it and see what the Lord puts in my heart, and I'll let you know. Don't, don't, make, don't give that picture to your kids that you know at all, because none of us know. 
But we are the counselors. Do I agree with everything my married children do? No, I don't. Well, when they come to me, I'll let them know. You're doing wrong. This is wrong. And they shouldn't hold it back because they need to hear the words of truth. So, fathers, your children from the most young to the most oldest need your motivation words. Don't we live in a very discouraging world? All right, I'll go to work tomorrow. I bet I'm going to get beat up tomorrow. Not physically, but by the like, oh, so we're in the world. You know, I told my wife, I don't even miss work at all. He wants to go to work. There's always somebody there that don't like you, right? There's always somebody there that rough you up. There's always somebody there that is questioning you. There's always somebody there. I got one that's called grumpy. What are you doing here? I, you know. So, but anyway, life is full of discouragements. And guess what? You raise your children and you send them into the world. Don't you think they're going to get discouraged? When they turn back home and call dad on the phone or call you, what do you do? I told you so. No. Encourage them. They need your words of encouragement. Your little kids need your motivation. I remember when I, between, I was the coaching years, I was playing soccer, organized sports in Portugal. My mom didn't like me to play sports. She was on that. My dad would never say a word. But you know one of the great encouragement I got from my dad? Every time I play a game, home and away, my dad was in the stands. He made sure he went to see my games. He never told me that he liked me to play or not. He never criticized me that I played good or not. Never. But you know what? I looked. I, I mean, you know what? Something that a kid do. You just look around for somebody that you know you love and loves you. Dad was over there. It's one thing I learned from my dad. like he was always there. Wow. So, fathers, just your presence is encouragement to your kids. A word is encouragement to your kids. Don't go months without talking to your kids. Say something to them. So, you kids need your motivation words. Your teenage daughter needs your motivation words. I mean, your teenage son needs your motivation words. You know, your married daughter, your married, your married son, they need your motivation words. Remember that once a father, always a father. You follow that? My father's in heaven, still my father. You follow that? Don't convince yourself that they don't care because they do. All right, kids. You do, right? Right, Lassie? See? <laughs> of course we do. Look at it says in Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love... Love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So the first way you can motivate your children is by encouraging them. Dads, don't be a discouraged. Be an encouragement to your kids, no matter how old they are. Even if they left the home, be an encouragement to them. Encourage them. Let it encourage them with your words. Words of encouragement. Listen, we can tear down people with words or we can build them up with words. Right? You can use it both ways. But encourage your kids. Tell them, that's as good. Listen, don't encourage wrongdoing. Follow that? Don't encourage wrongdoing and evildoing, but 
Encourage good. Hey, Dad, I want to have this dream. I want to do that. Go for it. Sometimes that's what they need to hear. Oh, Dad, I want to start this thing. Go for it. Do it. I'm behind you. I'll tell you what, a man. A son, uh, always youngest son, is in, always like little business. And he told us that, Dad, this guy wants to sell his business. This is a teenage kid, just graduated from high school. He wants me to give him $10,000 to buy this, these business. But I don't have any money, Dad. Could I buy money from you? And, and Dad went to some guys in the church. Sad. They, they told the, 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 the father, you out of your mind. You're going to give this kid, 18 years old, $10,000 to buy this business. You know, this is not good. He came to me. He's a dear friend of mine. And he said, what do you think? I said, listen, $10,000 is a lot of money, correct? To give to a teenage 18 years old. I said, this is what you do. Study the business. Get as much information as you can. And if you see is good, back up your son. You know what he did? He back up his son. You know what he have today? A million-dollar business. He said, listen, it only takes a motivation. He needed that from his dad. His dad right behind him. I'm not saying you have to do this on everything, but it's good to educate ourselves on those things. Motivate your kid. Encourage them with your words. Trust me, your children will remember specific things you said to them years after you speak the words and long after you forgot them. How many times do we know dad is dead and gone and the kids sit around, oh, dad used to say this, oh, dad used to say that. I said, oh, my sisters, we say those things. You see, even the kids, do it for me again. That little paper you brought home, that's good. Encourage them. Discouraging words like, you can't do that. You're no good for nothing. You can't do anything right. What do you think it does? It destroys their motivation. Encourage them. I'll give you an example. My daughter. I'm not trying to boast about my family here, but my daughter. She went to, to, to college for piano, for music. And she was good at it. And she called me and said, Dad, I don't want to do music anymore. I said, okay, what do you want to do? I want to be a teacher. I said, okay. You're going to pray about it. We're not just going to give this up. Finish the semester. We pray about it through the summer, and when you go back to school in the fall, then we make that decision. Oh, no, Dad, I just want to give up. I don't. No, you're not. You do it. Then we pray. Do it together. Pray. You know what? I got my daughter, and we pray together through the summer. And in the end, I asked her before she went to school, are you ready? What are you going to do? Dad, I still want to be, I want, I want to go to, to uh, um, I want to be a teacher, so I want to take that uh, and leave, leave musical uh, to the side. I said, okay. But you motivate them. So encourage them with your presence, let it be. It says in Proverbs 18, 21, Dead in life in the power of the tongue, and they that love shall, shall eat the fruit thereof. Second, you can encourage your children with your presence. The word translated encourage here is a word that literally means uh, to call someone alongside. It also carries the idea of stringing to the, to the other person. See, I'm a father. I don't see my kids in 20 years. I have a question. That kind of, kind of fatherhood is that? Oh, but I, you know, I'm separated. How can I say? 
You use everything you can in your power to be there for your kids. Your kids need to know that daddy cares. Follow that? They need to know that daddy cares. Even a little bit, daddy cares. Because they will understand the situation. Believe me, they will. Did you know that parents in the United States spend less time with their children than parents in almost any other nation in the world? Look at the ways to spend time with your kids each week. Get involved with the, with the activities. Go to the soccer game with them. Play games with them in the backyard. Play sports. Go get a, a, a baseball glove, whatever it is. Run around like crazy. Do something with your kids. Believe me. I mean, with my kids, we used to go put, play football in the snow. Like a Portuguese guy, don't play. Portuguese people don't play football, okay? We play soccer. You know, but you know what? We used to go in the backyard and play football in the snow. We used to go play baseball. You know, we used to roll around the grass and all those things. And somehow the dogs would come to nibble me every time we play around in the grass. But anyway, we got to do something with the kids. It's been said that the best gift a father can give to his children is the gift of himself, his time. Listen, folks, material things mean little or nothing if there is no someone to share with it. 1,500 children I asked, were asked the question, what do you think makes a family happy? The children didn't, didn't list money or big homes or large TV screens. The most common answer was doing things together. That was the answer by far. We need to encourage our kids with our presence. I remember things I did with my dad. We went fishing. You see, fishing is boring. Besides the thing, dad was there. I was with dad fishing. I didn't do many things with my dad. I worked with him, but I didn't do many things with my dad. Was not was always out of the house, was not one to be home uh, a lot. But I did a few things with my dad. We worked together. We talked together. We went fishing together. Let us see. Encourage them with your support. Encourage your children by supporting them in their goals, their achievements, their dreams. Rebuke them. I rebuke them when they do wrong, but encourage them when they do right. Okay, let me put it this way. Two friends were sitting, visiting each other, uh, coming over to, uh, to one of the, the, the visitors' house, and they stopped playing the piano. And the, 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 the kid that was visiting was playing piano really bad. And, uh, and, he said, and then suddenly he said, well, your mom and dad is in the other room listening. And the kid that lived in the house said, it doesn't matter, they, they, don't, they don't care. And he said, whoa, my house that doesn't work that way. Why do I do it wrong? My dad is all over me. My mom is all over me, criticizing me left and right. Let me ask you that question. Is that motivating or that tearing down? Listen, when we're practicing, we're struggling. I, mean, I gave you a, a thing yesterday. I was on vacation, right? I came back. I was on vacation. I came here. The song that I sing this morning, I couldn't sing it. You know what I did? I went home and I did. I practiced. And somebody called Joseph said, don't sing it that way, please. Because I was practicing. I was struggling. But see, don't encourage. Don't discourage. Encourage them. They need your encouraging words. Number two, father, be a comfort. Be a comfort to your children. The second aspect of motivation what Paul addresses here is that comforting your children. If encouraging has to do with motivation, motivating your kids, comfort your kids. So how can you do that? How can you motivate your kids? Number one, listen to them. Letter A, listen to them. Look what it says in Proverbs 25. 
Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Do you listen to your kids? My kid is two years old. Do you listen to your kid? Oh, my kid is 50. Do you listen to your kid? When the phone rings, I said, Mom, Dad, they have something to say. Are we listening? Follow that. When they think about mom and then they call something there. We need to listen to our children. Sometimes just say, hi, how are you? That's enough. That's what they need to hear. Listen to your kids. There's all kinds of voices in the world. If we do not listen to our kids, somebody else will. Listen to your children. First of all, we comfort our children by listening to them. How often we just want to jump with a quick fix or we already have premeditated idea what we're going to say and we don't let them talk. Your children are going to suffer many disappointments in life. They need to hear from dad. Dad's they're encouraging them. Don't discount their feelings. They have feelings too. Let them share this, the discouragement with you. Don't rush them through uh, and just come with a quick answer. Listen to them. By the way, God gave us two ears. One on each side. If you turn the head this way, if you turn the head this way, it's obvious that God wants us to listen. Take time to be the man, a man of understanding. Draw your children out. Let them talk. A lot of times parents say, my kids never talk. Maybe because we never listen. You follow that? Maybe because we never listen. Often just listen to them will bring them, uh, them to regain the strength they need and encouragement they need. Let it be emphasizing with them. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 1.3. It says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. We have a heavenly father who's a God of mercy and a father of comfort. We find comfort in the arms of the Lord. As you listen to your children, try to emphasize with your children. If your child is three years old and afraid of the dark, try to remember that one day you were afraid of the dark too. The monster was out under the bed and you were not there. Get out of bed that night. And you call, Mom! Mom, Dad! What? There's something under the bed. And there comes a flashlight. Nothing here. Remember that? You were young too. You were afraid of the dark too. I remember my two sisters. We live in the separate part of the house. We have the outhouse in the backyard. And every night, they had to wake me up to go to the bathroom. I was afraid of the dark. I didn't want to go. You know? So we had to call, wake up dad to go out there. So try to feel... What they are feeling, perhaps sheer familiar time when you face a loss of a discouragement. You were a kid too, remember that. Help them to see that true discouragement, discouragement, discouragement I'm sorry, is a natural part of life. God is powerful and loving and he will help us through those discourage, discouraging times. But be there for them, encourage them when they're discouraged. Pick them up, lift them up. Let us see, this is one of the greatest ones, physical touch. Look, it says in Luke 15, 20. Actually, go to Luke 15, 20. 
Go to Luke 15, 20. I want you to see physical touch. This is a problem for fathers. And he said, in verse 20 it says, And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You see that? We're talking about this, the prodigal son. It says this is a father doing to his son. This is a problem that fathers have today, folks. We comfort our children by physical touch. They need your touch. Don't be afraid to comfort your child with a physical touch. I know some dads who have trouble relating physically affection to their sons, to the boys. Okay? They can't hug their daughters and tell that they love her, but they don't feel this comfortable hugging. Oh, he's a man. He doesn't need a hug. Yes, he does. You know my oldest son when I do? I hug him. You know, as he's losing his hand on the top, I go... I give him a little noogie ditch. And he goes, Dad, you know, I know he likes that. Come on. Hello, he messed up. You know, go fix it up again. You know. He does that to me sometimes too. He's <laughs> bigger than me. So, but anyway, fathers, you know, it comes to a point, you know, you got, the, the, the young man got to be a boy. He got to be a boy. He got to be a big man. He got bigger than that. And dad feels like, oh, you know, a man does a hunger man. Listen. That man over there is your son. Go hug him. Give him a hug. Tell him, I love you. What's wrong with telling your kids, I love you? You only tell them when they're little? What about when they're old? Don't you think they need to listen, I love you? Here's the other part. Many fathers, when their daughters begin to be young ladies, they don't hug their daughters anymore. Why? I hug my daughter every time I see her. That's the first thing I do. Come here, princess. She already knows. She opens her arms. We give a big bear hug. I kiss her in the cheek and I say, I love you. We have to show that affection to our kids. They need to hear that or need to see that, feel that. If we don't do that, they're going to find affection somewhere else. Hug your kids. Fathers, hug your daughters. Fathers, hug your boys. They need your hugs. They don't need to feel, feel like a, a tree in the desert, isolated from everything. Oh, I'm too big, too old, you know, I'm too much. Oh, man, I don't need a hug. Yes, they need hugs. Touch your children physically. Hug them. Tell them, you know, it's something. Listen, folks. There's something about a hug, isn't it? The affection of a hug. There's something about a hug. And when even, uh, even if you don't say words, just hug your child. No matter how old that child is, that child will know that you love them, that you care for them. You know, my mother used to hug me. No, I hug my mother. Does she like that? Of course she does. She old and frail. Let's go to our last point. Father, be an example. Motivate your children by urging them to live 
life's worthy of God, instruction and discipline and example. So far, we talked about encouraging words to your children, about uh, motivating words, about, about physical, physically hugging your children and get close to them. What is life that, uh, what a life, let them show that, that you live a life that is worthy of God and that they need that for themselves. But be an example. Letter A, by instructing them in God's word. Let me put it this way. Fathers, you kids need to see you that you read your Bible. And another thing is, read the Bible to them. I don't have time. Make time. Make time. Oh, and don't, don't go preach to them. Do not preach to them. But you can read a verse. Remember, they need full care, zero to two. Then they need training from two to 12. Those are the years, two to 12, that you teach your children the ways of the Lord. But you be an example yourself. Because when it comes to the coaching years, you cannot make them read their Bible. You cannot see, sit down and read the Bible. Their mind ought to just... Outside obedience, but inside they're going, I don't want to do this. But if you train them in the ways of the Lord when it comes to that, they're going to do themselves. Instruct By instructing them God's word, they need to know that you are a man of God, that you love God, that you live for God, that you are obedient to God, and they see that in you. So what about my kids? Go the other way. Stay the course. Don't give up. Stay the course. Be that light that they need to see. Listen, that prodigal son, when where you end up with the pigs, was father doing the same thing, never moved. And when he came to the end of himself, I said, in my father's house, the servants are treated better than me in this place. Where did he go? Home. Because he knew he would be loved there. You see that? That's what our kids need to know. They listen. We say, oh, I have an empty nest. So what? Listen, there will be a day they will come back home and say, I want to go there because people, they love me. Be that example. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't get discouraged. Be that tower, that lighthouse that they need. My point here, by disciplining them when necessary, let it be. Right? You're not going to discipline your kid when it's 12, 13, 14. Give me a break, okay? You do that when they're little, when they train them. You say, oh, child abuse. I can give a message on that one. I want to put on Facebook today. My mother spanked me every day, and I deserve it. <laughs> I drove her crazy. Sometime one day, one day I, told my, I told my mother, I said, Mom, I don't know how you would end up in a mental institution with me. She said, you were hard. <laughs> said, listen, this is the way we, tra we train our children. There's got to be a punishment for lying, for stealing, for disrespect. But you, you tell your child before it happens what's going to happen so they know it's coming. So when the discipline comes, you say, did you lie? Yes. What is the punishment for that? They will, they, they will give you the answer. Don't try to do that when they're 18, 19, 20 years old. You already missed a point there. By setting example, let us see, by setting the example of yourselves, be an example of what God wants you to be as a godly father. Be an example. God will guide you. 
Listen, let me ask you this. Is any perfect father out there that you know of? If you know any perfect father, bring a man because I want to talk to him. There's no perfect father. We all make mistakes. But we have a God that can forgive us. Right? And when we make a mistake, we tell our child, listen, don't be so proud and arrogant. Say, Johnny, Mary, Anne, or whatever else. Would you forgive dad? I'm sorry. I did wrong. When we do that, you don't show yourself that you are weak. You show yourself that you are a godly father, that you understand you have done wrong. They will respect you and love you for that. You have anything to tell your kids? Tell them. I'm sorry. I've done wrong. Please forgive me. I'll conclude with this. What makes a great father? How does a dad motivate his children? I can't think of a better description of what we find here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Think about it for a minute. What if a child born into our world had a father who encouraged them by their words, loving and affirmed them with their presence, involved in their lives and activities by, uh, by their support and learning uh, their interests and helping them out? What child would not love to have a godly father who that where that child needs something goes and knows that he's going to receive the truth and going to receive some, something that is loving from, a, from the mouth of a, or, or the actions of a loving father? Listen, don't compare yourself to the fathers of this world. Strive to be a godly man, a godly father. Keep the course. Don't get discouraged. God will honor your actions. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this special day. We celebrate fatherhood. And, Lord, I pray for every.